When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB and on the talk radio app. Talk Radio. Brandon Lewis, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us here at Talk Radio. Um, Obviously, the lockdown easing is the story that is dominating people's uh, uh, hearts and minds at the moment. That announcement expected from the Boris Johnson in the Commons today. Um, Pubs, bars, restaurants to reopen, hotels, B&Bs, second homes, um, hairdressers even to be open. Now we know museums, art galleries and cinemas uh, to be open as well. Um, We were told that the lockdown easing would come at a gradual pace. There's an awful lot happening in one fell swoop and and surely the idea was when we ease lockdown it'd be one thing at a time and then the government would be able to know where there were problems if there was a spike why is the government now suddenly so confident that we can ease so much of our society without a risk uh, well look firstly i would just urge a tad of caution in the sense of i appreciate uh, there'll be an announcement later on today, but Cabinet meets in just a couple of hours' time. and We'll be looking through the advice from our medical and scientific advisers before we make a final decision. The Prime Minister will make a statement later today about what the next stages are and um, what, what impact that can have and the process through that, which that might work and the time frame. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves in terms of what may open, when it may open, if it may open. Um, but in just a few hours' time, we'll be making those decisions. The Prime Minister will be able to make a statement later today. But we did say, and the Prime Minister himself had outlined previously, we set out a roadmap. We're still following through on that roadmap. This is entirely um, within that structure. 
and as we're seeing the virus come, come down and down within society, it's just looking at what we can start to do to allow people within a safe environment to move back to some form of normality as we go forward. OK, and we know that that will include not just holidays here in the UK, the staycations so with hotels, B&Bs and, and, uh, and holiday parks reopening, but also we're told there's very likely now to be deals with no quarantine rules for some 10 countries across the EU, including many of the most popular holiday destinations like Spain and France and Greece included. When are we going to get all the information on that? Is that expected today as well? Uh, well, I would urge, again, I'm afraid I would urge some caution on that. The Department of Transport is still working on looking at what is viable, what is practical, what is safe. Uh, the advice at the moment remains that tra- travel, international travel should be essential travel only. And I would encourage people to uh, take advantage this summer, as I will be, of enjoying some of the amazing beaches, attractions and sites that we've got around the United Kingdom. And that would be a good boost for our own hospitality and tourism sector as well as, as we're gradually allowed uh, able to reopen those. But as I say, we'll be making some decisions on exactly what and in what time frame in just a few hours' time. And the Prime Minister will make some statements later on today. OK, well, okay. I understand you don't want to preempt what the Prime Minister had to say. It's, it's more, more, it's above your pay grade and indeed mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's not get you in trouble. Uh, but OK, let's, 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 whatever day it's announced and whatever days it's announced for, we're, 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 we've got a lot of uh, predictions which have been briefed out from number 10 to the papers. I'm pretty sure we know what is going to happen. But um, in, in terms of the, that decision making... It does seem the polling shows across the country there are people desperate to get out of lockdown. Certainly businesses just saying, look, you know what? Photo scheme uh, comes to an end or even just uh, starts winding down uh, with employers having to start making contributions. We're going to start be making, you know, millions of people unemployed. Uh, we know that the economy needs to get moving. And the people who are just desperate to get back to normal life who feel they've either had the virus, they're young, they don't feel they're at risk. And then you've got a whole other section and it's possibly more than half of the country. Don't want their kids to go to school, don't want to leave the house, don't want to go, uh, you know, go back to work, don't want to go out to the pub, and don't want, certainly don't want to get on a plane, who are absolutely terrified. How is the government going to persuade those people that life outside their home is safe once again? Well, I think you make a very fair point. And I think one of the challenges for all of us, and I go back to something I heard David Navarro of the World Health Organization say some time ago, actually, which is that even as we um, go forward, what we're going to see is a different type of normal. We've always, we're going to have to be alert ourselves to... Um, to, to what we do, how we do it, to make sure we act in a safe and healthy way. Um, that's going to mean things being somewhat different. Even simple things like continuing to remember to wash our hands, to think about social distancing, whatever format or measurement that may be. Um, the, the services that we touch, wearing face masks in confined places like public transport. So there will be differences, and those are the differences that help ensure that we remain safe, but also being clear with people about how the spread of the virus is dropping within society more generally, as we've seen over the last few weeks. So that has allowed us to move our bio level down from level four to level three, which is really good news. We're seeing all the five tests being met consistently at the moment. Um, so things, but, but the virus will still be with us and we're going to have to continue to be alert and self-aware of what we're doing. Well, indeed, I, can, I think the, the washing hands thing a lot of people forgot about because they, of course, have been a, be, sitting at home, not been <coughs> at work. It's not been a big issue. Um, let's talk about this as part of the economic recovery. We've just been uh, talking to Sajid Javid, the former Chancellor, your former colleague in the Cabinet, and talking about how, look, we, we shouldn't have austerity. We need to have tax cuts. We need to keep uh, government spending high and, and event, you know, basically not cutting back at all until we hit pre-crisis levels. Um, when is the government predicting that we will get back to economic 
normality. Bearing in mind, we've now got a, a government debt at more than 100% of GDP. But when do you? When is the government saying, when is the Chancellor saying that we should be get, getting back to something resembling normality in our public finances? Well, look, I, th- I think there's a, I mean, there's a range of things within that, Julia, in the sense of, I think that the reality is we've already outlined the Chancellor's put this unprecedented package in to support as many businesses and individuals as we can, millions of people being supported through the furlough scheme, for example, let alone all the other range of schemes that are out there to support individuals and businesses. Uh, the furlough scheme itself will run through in a form until at least October. Um, the chance the Prime Minister will both be making some statements in due course around the next steps for getting our economy re-fired up and turbocharged to go forward and grow as we come out of um, this environment. And I, I think it's difficult at the moment to make predictions. And I think economically, um, there's, there's a lot of comments people make around how many different economists can make different predictions. But I think the Treasury themselves will make some statements in due course. But I think we've got to take this one stage at a time to make sure that as we move forward, we do so in a safe way for people and a way that can give our economy a chance to regrow and reboost itself so that we come out economically as quickly as possible, but as safely as possible in health terms as well. I need to talk to you also about the terror attack in Reading on Saturday night. More and more information is emerging about that attack. I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, we just have to worry about keeping our jobs and staying alive as a result of a virus and, and kind of forgotten about the threat of terror attacks. Obviously, it's never gone away. We've now discovered that the MI5 terrorist watch list has doubled to 43,000 people, many of them foreigners living abroad, but perhaps uh, wanting to come to this country. Nine out of ten of them Islamist extremists. Um, the, the Home Secretary, Priti Patel, said yesterday she wants to toughen up deportations, bearing in mind the suspect currently uh, in police custody uh, for this uh, th- attack in Reading that less, left three people dead and three seriously injured is a Libyan refugee. Um, we've heard this again and again, that things are going to be toughened up, we're going to learn the lessons. But what realistically is going to change since Saturday to actually keep people in this country safe from terrorism? Well, first of all, as, as, as we come through the tragic, awful event of Saturday, and when we did see again some of the best of people with the way that our emergency service and police officers acted with such bravery as well. But uh, as we come through that, as we're working through that, and it is a live investigation, so I hope you'll appreciate it. I'll be um, slightly cautious about what I can say, but as we come through that, we're always looking at what we can learn from every tragic incident. We did put in the Queen's speech uh, that there would be a foreign national offenders bill, and the Home Secretary I know is very focused and determined to make sure we deliver on that. So we are very clear that if people come to this country and they abuse their hospitality and act in a way that is illegal and unacceptable, that we will not tolerate them remaining in this country. And that's something that we have said we will legislate for. Obviously, a lot of legislation has been delayed through COVID, but that, that, is, a, that is a bill in the Queen's speech that the Prime Minister and the Home Secretary I know are determined to deliver on. OK, so when we were promised after the Streatham attack and the London Bridge attack and all the other attacks that this would change... This this has just been delayed by elections, um, all the battles over Brexit and, and, well, and, no, and of course, COVID. But no. it's going to be in the pipeline? No, that, no, that's not quite right. It's not been delayed by those kind of things, actually. It was outlined in the Queen's speech. We're still within the programme of the Queen's speech, which we're working through. We have made changes, of course, since some of those other attacks. And earlier this year, we made changes to sentencing, which are going through. And um, in terms of um, the, the, the amount of time people serve, if they commit that kind of a terrorism offence, okay. those changes are already in process. But there will be a foreign national offenders bill that was to say, we outlined in the Queen's speech and we'll go through Parliament okay. within the, the, the frame of this Queen's speech that we're working through at the moment. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Go. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. Delighted to welcome Conservative MP, former Chancellor of the Exchequer, Sajid Javid, to the show. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, Well, you have uh, been uh, a part of writing a report uh, along with the Centre for Policy Studies, publishing your report after the virus today, uh, looking at, well, how we can grow our way out of this crisis. And your view is that the only way out is through growth, certainly not austerity. Tell us what your plan is. Well, that's right. I've been working with the CPS for a couple of months now on putting together a plan for recovery, a set of ideas, over 60 ideas. And uh, there's a lot in there. But one of the first things that we start with is just the principles for for growth, uh, which are to be clear that, yes, this crisis changes a lot of things, but it doesn't change how our economy grows. And that means that we need a sort of free enterprise competitive system with low taxes, sound public finances. And then we go out to set out a, a, a bunch of ideas and, and taking your first point about growth rather than austerity, it would be wrong to try and cut back on spending at this point. I think it would just blow out any kind of growth that we had over the next uh, few months. But eventually, of course, you want to bring public finances uh, under balance. And so what we say is that you shouldn't try to balance what's called day-to-day spending until we get back to the pre-crisis level of uh, national income. So that's the first sort of rule we set out because I think that will make it clear to people what your intentions are. Then we set out a bunch of tax cuts because they'll be quick 
and effective, a temporary cut in national insurance, so the payroll tax, a cut in VAT, and not to look to increase any taxes, because again, I think that would be self-defeating. And then there's a lot of uh, discussion in the paper about major infrastructure projects, not just doing more, but also delivery, how you can bring things forward, what kind of changes you need to make to planning rules, how you can devolve more of that decision-making at the local level. And then finally, we turn to monetary policy, which is uh, the work of the Bank of England, and it does a great job, uh, and its independence is crucial, uh, but uh, we set out how you might want to change its mandate to something called nominal GDP targeting. Um, that's because the mandate for the Bank of England, setting interest rates and the like, is all about inflation. That's their only consideration. And you think it should be more about uh, growth and jobs? Yeah, the, the mandate it's got at the moment, as you say, inflation, it's hugely important. We control that. No one would argue with that. But it, you could describe it as quite narrow. So it doesn't really look at the whole economy. And what nominal GDP is thinking of as all spending, uh, all the output in an economy. And if the Bank of England is, is focused on that, then I just think it has more of an impact on, on sort of real society, real life. OK, well, look, look, a lot of people will be welcome, especially those business owners who are really, you know, just struggling to get to uh, get, stay afloat right now. I'll be desperate to hear about tax cuts like in national insurance and VAT and certainly not to hear about tax increases. Uh, but you say, you know, th- there shouldn't be any cutting back in public spending uh, until we hit uh, the pre-crisis levels. When do you expect us to go back to that sort of level? Because there was this talk about this V-shape, uh, you know, uh, a crisis in, in terms of our economy. We certainly went down on the V. The question mark now is how how much we can go back up the V and whether or not it's going to be a U-shape, an L-shape and then the like. When do you think we're going to get back to the pre-crisis level? Look, great question, but I think very, very difficult uh, to answer. You know, of course, we would all say we want to get growth going as quickly as possible, you know, get back to those levels as quickly as we can. But we also all know that just in the last week, we've had the Office of National Statistics say that the economy in two months contracted by a quarter. I mean, that's, think of it this way. That's about 18 years of growth gone in two months. And so we've got a, a big mountain to climb. We're heading in the right direction. We're already starting to see the economy pick up. The relaxation, you know, you started a moment ago in your uh, news report about perhaps we can all eventually get to restaurants and pubs and things, which would be great. That's going to help the economy. Ha- hairdressers? Uh, hairdressers, even. Well, well, not something I'm <laughs> eager, that eager to look, but I, I get it. But we want to, you know, that, that's great. And, and also, if I can say what the Chancellor has done so far in protecting the economy, you know, the furlough program, the tax breaks for businesses. That's excellent. I mean, he's done absolutely the, the, the uh, taken the right approach and I have nothing but praise for what he's done. But I know that he will be looking ahead to how do we really get growth motoring. Well, there's no doubt, Trouble, you, you have been full of praise in, in recent months for what Rishi Sunak, your, your successor, has done. But is there anything you would have done differently? Um, no, I, I, honestly, I can't, I can't think, you know, if I sat here for ages and you know, I'm sure uh, you know, anyone can go to one or two small things, but the, it's what matters is the big picture. And um, Rishi, with the with the team at the Treasury, they've taken the right approach, which was to to accept that we're right as a country, of course, to put public health first. But when you stop consumers from consuming, producers from producing, of course, you're going to get an economic crisis. And during that time, you want to almost sort of freeze the economy so you can 
unfreeze it you know, slowly once things are getting back to normal. And that's what he's done. And full credit to the team for that. Does your response to this crisis and indeed the response of the, the existing government, does that tell us that actually the decision making in 2010 by David Cameron was wrong and that actually we shouldn't have had austerity then to do with the banking crisis? No, I don't think it, it says that at all, because every every you know, crisis, every economic crisis is, 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 is different, of course. But this one, I, I think it's fair to say, is completely unprecedented. Never have we had a crisis uh, that is uh, in peacetime that is a direct result of government policy for the right reasons. Uh, it's a crisis that hits not just demand, but obviously the supply of, of goods and services. Uh, but it's also just think how deep it is. It's the deepest in 300 years. Yeah, we it already in two months, this crisis has led to a fall in GDP five times more than what we saw in the previous crisis. So this is not a time to sort of look back, I think, at previous crisis and say, look, we should have done this, should have done that. In fact, whatever you know, what David Cameron, George Osborne did, it got our economy motoring again. We've you know, got to a level of uh, unemployment, which has been the envy of Europe. Uh, but now. Sadly, unemployment is rising again. And that's, again, why this brings me to growth and jobs. That's how we get out of this crisis. Um, can I also ask you, not just a former Chancellor, of course, former Home Secretary, about the terror attack in Reading on Saturday night. Three mm. dead. Those victims have now been named. Three others seriously injured. Uh, the suspect, a Libyan uh, refugee. It turns out, you know, again, he'd been in prison recently. Uh, he had been uh, suspected of, of possibly uh, being radicalised. He'd been involved in the Prevent programme. I mean, we now know that the terrorist watch list for MI5 has now doubled to 43,000 people, many of those people abroad, Islamist extremists. Um what lessons can be learned? Because whenever we have a terror attack, we seem to be told we're going to learn the lessons from this. We're going to deal with this particular issue. And yet these terror attacks do still keep on coming. What should be done to keep us safe? Well, of course, what's happened, like everyone else, I think it's uh, appalling. Always very sad to see this. These three people murdered. And my first thoughts always with, with them, of course, and their families and their loved ones. But your question, what can be done? I'm not going to... Yeah, second guess what's happened here. That's uh, yeah, that's not my job. But I have nothing but praise for our um, security services, our counterterrorism policing. And one thing I, I do know as a former Home Secretary is that, of course, when these attacks happen, we all see them and uh, we are all appalled by them. But what we don't see, by definition, is the attacks that are stopped. Mm -hmm. And and one thing I, I do know, and I learned a lot more about are those, uh, uh, those attacks that were planned by perhaps people like this, either lone wolves or groups, and it could be Islamist terrorism, right-wing, extreme right-wing terrorism, but where our security service actually went out and stopped them from happening, and for either confidentiality reasons or other reasons, we can never really sort of go into the detail of them. So I really do think that they, you know, in, in a free society, you know, no security apparatus organization can stop everything. We, I think we all accept that. But they, you know, the security service, I think, deserve our full support and, and praise sometimes for, for all the attacks they do actually manage to stop and save lives. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. The easing of the lockdown, and I'm sure someone who is going to be cheering to the rafters later today when Boris makes those announcements uh, to the nation in the Commons later is Luke Johnson. He's chairman of Gales Artisan Bakery and the Brighton Peer Group, formerly head of uh, Pizza Express and a leading businessman who's been calling for the lockdown to be eased far, far sooner. Good morning to you, Luke. Morning. 
So you're, presumably you are delighted at what we, well, the prospects <clears throat> of what we are going to hear later today, but um, better late than never? I guess so. I mean, I think, uh, let's wait and see. It's not just about being able to open all sorts of cafes, bars, pubs, restaurants, hotels, etc. on the 4th of July. It's also about will they reduce the social distancing? Because as most of us now know, at two metres, many of these uh, premises are unviable economically and and will go broke. So it it needs to be reduced to a metre at the maximum uh, for the majority of them Uh to have a chance of, of... you know, and that's it. We, we were told yesterday we're looking at sort of you know in the region of twenty five percent of pubs and bars and restaurants being able to reopen uh, at the two meter rule and become vaguely viable, uh, but seventy five percent at the one meter rule. So that that is makes a massive massive difference. Um, it is widely expected. I think the government wouldn't be training this two meters to one meter plus, a so one meter plus face mask or the like, uh, because they, they, the disappointment if they don't announce this uh, would, would be uh, catastrophic or for the on the back benches, let alone around businesses. Do you think this has been led by the the science by the the medical advice or do you think this has been led by pressure from business people like yourself saying look we're going to have to balance the risk to the economy and the risk of this virus and we need to get our economy moving again i think in all these things frankly from the beginning there has always got to be a trade-off hasn't there julia because a the science isn't absolute and there is a great deal that is unknown and secondly we know very well that in many respects the collateral damage from the lockdown we've had for 13 weeks itself will produce enormous harms and damage the country's well-being. So therefore, it isn't simply the science of two metres versus one metre. There's a range of factors to be taken into account, not all of them as straightforward as the transmission of a virus. It's also about the damage that unemployment can bring the damage that uh, uh, keeping our children out of schools. And, you know, the one metre doesn't just refer to pubs and restaurants. It's also about reducing it on public transport so people can get to work. It's about enabling schools to function. And these are all very, very important things. And bluntly, the sooner we lift all the social restrictions, as they are doing in other countries already, the better. Have, how have your businesses been doing at, uh, under lockdown? I mean, you, you've been able to stay open at Gales Bakeries. I've seen uh, seen queues outside, but again, you know, two people allowed in at any one time, things like that. Has has that meant that you've just seen, you know, you've, you've kept them open just sort of as a matter of principle, but you're not making any money and you want to be able to keep your staff on? Or, or have you taken a massive hit? And do you think that actually many of these businesses are going to survive coming out of lockdown? We've been fortunate in that essentially we can function as takeout sites so we have no eat-in facilities currently although we'd love to have them and we will from the fourth and we have survived Uh, however many others are in a much worse position than us they are all about eat or drink inside and without it the ability to take enough capacity i.e enough customers in there then they can't work and um, as the infections reduce to very low levels i do think we have to Uh, rebalance our lives back to a more usual status quo because, um, you know, we've got to learn to live with this virus. It isn't going away. And we have to take into account all the other aspects of life rather than obsess exclusively about one disease and forget all the other illnesses, for example, where people are too afraid to go to hospitals. These are causing enormous collateral damage. And we've got to 
get things in proportion as a society. Just finally, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, <clears throat> do you, how soon do you think that we are going to be getting back to some semblance of normality economically? We spoke earlier to the former Chancellor, Sajid Javid, who's talked about, you know, that we, we don't want austerity. We, we need to have growth. We need to have tax cuts and the like. Um, and as he pointed out, the, 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 the hit we've taken to the economy in, in March and April was, you know, 18 years of growth wiped out in just two months. But eventually we're going to go back to pre crisis levels when do you think that would be how long are we going to have to wait for that it's very difficult to say uh, i don't know i think by september if schools and public transport are functioning normally that's really important i think what matters most is a recovery of our confidence so that we can attract investment to create jobs rather than destroying them but i do think there's a long haul ahead and it's going to take a lot of work and a bit of optimism and obviously the right government policies and support for business generally by not just the government but the public because they must realise that you know if we go to say 5 million unemployed that's going to deliver untold misery across the country. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.